TCU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome in to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game, an exciting edition, a baseball edition of the show. We got head coach Cliff Goblin in studio, and we got a lot to talk about. Coach, appreciate you stopping by, man. I know it's a busy time of year for you. It is busy, but I appreciate you having me. Absolutely, coach. Well, I tell you what, we got to start with Saturday. First of all, you know, those last two weekends have been incredible as far as just man- having to manage everything, but... The longest day of baseball. I love college baseball. I love baseball in general. But I think that was like the max amount of baseball I could take in one day. How about you? Uh, it was pretty close. Uh, you know, I was telling somebody earlier today that I got in um, the office at 7 a.m. And I was driving down Evans at midnight to get back to my house. So, uh, And I gave, you, I gave every ounce of my soul for those two wins that we got on Saturday. It's a long day. I was super proud of our guys just to be able to manage that. You talked about how proud you were and you know look Tulane came in with uh, I think 12 and 30 record but I think anybody knows they're much more talented than that they played a brutal schedule and they gave you guys everything you wanted uh you, you kind of figured that just like every team in the conference will so to find a way to win in the fashion y'all did and look the second game in the series didn't go y'all's way but to come back in the first game after the suspension and then to, to come back in the third game when things were maybe not on your side as far as momentum just how big was that at this point in the season to find a way to grind out a series win well going back to to wichita yeah that was that travel was horrendous and we didn't get back into greenville after all the stuff that we had to deal with just to play three games at wichita we didn't get back into greenville till 2 a.m um you have to flip around you have to you know be ready to play nc state on tuesday we actually had a good practice on monday and then you have Tulane coming in you have weather um your ace is not going to pitch uh just how all that transpired and for us to be able to win two games um to come from behind in the first game down four runs um and win that first game and then the game challenging again, like their pitcher, I knew that he was going to get AAC Pitcher of the Week, obviously throwing a complete game against us. And to come around the corner for the team room and hear our guys, about, hey, we got to turn the page, we got to turn the page, we got to be ready to go. Um, and I thought Root was tremendous. I thought Jake Hunter was tremendous out of the bullpen, even though he gave up a couple runs. And offensively, even when we got behind by one run, the guys just kept grinding out at bats. And uh, we had that big, I think, six-run, whatever inning it was, and a um, couple home runs, and just super proud. I mean, it, that was not easy for anybody. And kind of a reset button for us, you know, uh, Sunday off, yesterday you just lifted weights. Uh, we'll practice today. So uh, they're in the middle of exams. The exams are finishing up. And this is when it really becomes fun for the guys because they don't have school. It's just baseball. Exams this week. And, look, every program preaches academics, but you guys follow through on it. You'll have tremendous academic success. And exams are – look, it's, it's student-athlete first. So they got to they got to pass the class. they got to – in your case make a's and b's or you're not you're not happy with them so how do you find that balance of hey you're about to play north carolina in a a big game every game's big but obviously in-state rival you got to deal with exams north carolina is also dealing with exams this week so what's kind of that balance like this time of year um they just need to manage their time i think it was actually good for them to play 
all the games on Saturday, so they had some time on Sunday to, to get some studying in. Yesterday, like I said, just lifted weight, so there wasn't a big-time commitment from us. Um, and they a bunch of guys had exams yesterday. A bunch of guys have exams this morning. Um, and then we'll practice this afternoon um, and lift weights as well. And I think some guys have some exams on Wednesday, but uh, they'll knock those out, and then we'll be ready to play North Carolina. East Carolina, 31-13 and 13 at this point in the season, 9-6 and six in the American. And, Coach, y'all have had a, a little bit of a, a low, I guess, in terms of wins and losses. But you look at every baseball team, every baseball season, pro, college, you know, you're not going to win every week more than more times than not. So how would you kind of assess coming out of, you know, what was a tough stretch at Wichita? Y'all had won, what, nine in a row before then. Um, and, and then bouncing back, y'all fought hard at NC State, found a way to win the series. How would you kind of assess where the team is right now going through this? I love where we're at. We just need to control our own narrative. Um, that's one of the messages that um, – I'll be preaching to our team. You know, you've heard me say a lot, ignore the noise. And I know that's the business that you're in. You guys have to talk about something. So um, you talk about our weaknesses. You talk about our strengths. Uh, but I was telling the pitchers yesterday, like, look at all the adversity that we've had throughout this season. And I don't talk about it because I don't want the kids to use it as a crutch. But, you know, our starting DH at the beginning of the year uh, was supposed to be Ryan McChrystal. He has a back injury. So Noak steps in and, you know, gives us a spark. Wilcoxon. Um, misses basically two weeks and didn't play at Houston. Well, he's our starting catcher. Uh, you know, it's a big deal, you know, when your starting catcher who's also leading your team in hitting doesn't play for a weekend, but we don't talk about it. Your Savage, you know, has missed basically a couple weekends because at Wichita State he threw two innings and wasn't sharp because he was sore. Um, and other guys, I mean, there's been other guys. JC with the, the growing injury, I mean, we, nobody's talked about it. Where other coaches, that's all they talk about. We just talk next man up and, and go about it. Um, we're getting healthy at the right time. We're going to play our best baseball in May and June, which is what we've done historically. Um, Trey is getting better. He's played catch, and there's outside shot. He might be able to throw an inning relief on Sunday. Uh, we're not going to push him because we know we're going to need him for the stretch run. With uh, with Wednesday's game, 5 p.m. North Carolina, do you have a, a starter at this point you can uh, you can tell us about? Yeah, we're going to start Sailor, but uh, I talked to the pitchers yesterday too. We're going to get back to the mentality of what we had last year is – go out there and close out innings i grabbed zach root in uh like the seventh inning of game two and i was like hey go go eat your food and look i want you to go as hard as you can for as long as you can if that's one inning no problem but he had his longest start of the year because he just went out there and attacked the stri strike zone and didn't think about how long i need to go uh, we need to do that um Spivey's going into the bullpen He's going to get back to himself. Um, it's something that he wanted, something that we want as a team, but he can also be a swing guy. So if you know he closes out a game on Friday night, don't pitch on Saturday, then he can start on Sunday uh, this weekend. So we're excited where we are, and uh, our guys are in a very good headspace. All the, the guys who have been in the weekend rotation, they're, you know, they've thrown pretty much more than they ever have. I know Spivey probably last year you know, has, hasn't hit that mark because he threw so much out of the bullpen, yeah. but you savage by far uh and then gross even though he was a starter last year didn't go as deep in the games throw as many pitches so how do you how do you guys manage that how have you all managed that and obviously giving Trey some time off but do you feel like that is something 
you have to talk about with your staff, your training staff, as the season goes on to say, hey, we got to have these guys ready for May, June, because that is the, the most important time. <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely got to have yeah. them ready. So uh, a lot of uh, rehab stuff or prehab stuff, I guess you could say. And um, Kevin Youngs has been a huge asset to us. Uh, he's traveling with us all the time now just to help with dry needling and other stuff. Um, and the trainers are just doing a great job. So uh, to keep our guys at their best, even though they've thrown more uh, innings than they probably ever have in their life. I mean, Shinkman's in the same boat. All right. So Zach Root will go Friday, grow yep. Saturday, and then it's kind of Sunday to be T- determined. TBA was good for us last yeah. year. We're going back to TBA. So uh, TBA was good for us this past worked, weekend yeah. too because Root was good. So, uh, yeah, we're going to take it game by game. And um, our, our pitchers have done a great job for us. And – um, one good stat for you that you can throw out there is uh, offensively when we score six runs, we're 24-0 this year. So um, we're going to strive to score six runs every game, and when we do that, we've been pretty good. Offensively, y- y'all, I think are hitting around 300 as a team. I haven't looked at the exact numbers, but uh, good numbers across the board. And it seems like like when the momentum gets rolling, and some of that has to do, of course, with who's on the mound – you know, if you're facing a really good pitcher in baseball, sometimes it doesn't matter what you're trying to do offensively. If they're executing three, four pitches, it's hard to hit. But when the momentum gets going, y'all can score in bunches. And then maybe at times when the other guy's rolling, it's hard to get him off his game. I guess what would be your assessment of that with uh, kind of what we've seen in recent weeks? Yeah, I think that we have uh, definitely been a momentum-driven team, which uh, – you know, I like that, but it's also worked against us when things aren't going well. So we need to be a little bit tougher when pitchers are bearing down on us. Uh, but uh, we talk about keeping the chain connected, whatever our plan is. I think at times we've done a really good job of that this year, and then times that we've, to my, in my opinion, we've kind of mentally checked out when it's got hard at times. So um, that's on me. It's not on them. So we'll, we'll get those guys rolling. And I really think that we're going to play our best baseball because once the guys get done with school, they can – you know, get off their feet some, not have to have the extra stress with academics and just worry about taking care of their bodies and worrying about playing baseball. When you look at some of the the position players who are fighting injuries right now, uh, you mentioned McChrystal. He's been, you know, seemingly can't catch a break with with, uh, injuries this year. Where is he at? And he has been able to play some, but is it a case where he could be, you know, trending upwards as far as health? Yeah, it's been a a very challenging year for Ron McChrystal. I mean, you know, last year he didn't get to play a whole lot, went off and worked his tail off in the summer, Um, was really good. And going into the season, it was really to rotate him and J-Dub every other game and have the other one DH. Um, Has a back issue, comes back and is starting to to feel better. And then all of a sudden, you know, he breaks his finger, which the finger's getting better as well. Um, He can do everything. Um, The finger's still sore. But really for him, and I met with him yesterday and hit with him some, is just mentally not letting that stuff just like make him feel sorry for himself. Because as we know, that's life. Bad stuff happens to good people every single day, and we don't have a reason for it. We just got to strive to to work through those things. So I think he's going to play well down the stretches just to keep his head clear. And we've seen great you know stretches a great play when he's in there and, yeah. and locked in and uh wilcoxon behind the plate this year man he's 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 taking his game to another level when teams try to run on him i just kind of laugh because if it's a good pitch more times than not he's throwing them out so just how pleased have you been with his defensive progress another guy who's been in the program has developed has waited his time and you know how, how happy are you with justin super pleased and and when guys were able to steal off of him it was when he was his back was bothering right. him and he was having to kind of throw the second base sidearm and i just appreciate 
him playing through some soreness and stuff. I mean, you look at that UCF weekend and uh, Wilcoxon's back was like 80%. Well, the day before we played UCF, uh, McChrystal's sick and he's throwing up and we don't even know if he's going to be available on Thursday for a doubleheader. And uh, I grabbed J-Dub after practice. I'm like, hey, uh, you're catching game one tomorrow. Like, hey, man, you got to go. Like, and uh, um, he was like, yes, sir, I got it. And then McChrystal shows up to the field, and it was hot that day. And, and our, our trainer was telling me, like, hey, I don't know how much longer he can go. This was in the second inning of game two. And I'm like, what do you mean? His back's bothering me? She's like, well, he just doesn't have any energy because he doesn't have any fluids in him. I said, well, we need to steal a couple more innings because J-Dub's back's hurting too. <laughs> so, um, And I think it was like the fifth or sixth inning. He hit a double, and we got him out of the game. Um, but just – those guys have had to battle through injuries, and a lot of times catchers have to do that. Man, it's a tough position. Yeah, it's it's brutal, man. I, as somebody who just grew up playing baseball, I tried to catch one time, I think, in Little League, and I was like, <laughs> I'm never doing this again. That was Little League. I wasn't trying to catch 96 and breaking <laughs> balls in the dirt. So, um, no, nah, man, it, it's I, I just love seeing guys like him who have been in the program develop the right way. Uh, big week coming up, North Carolina on Wednesday, 5 o'clock. They play Campbell uh, tonight, and then they play you guys on the road. They don't have a weekend series, so they're also dealing with exams. You, you would think they would kind of throw maybe some of their better guys at you guys going into Wednesday. So how much are you looking forward to that challenge uh, for what's a big game for, for both teams? Well, I think it's good anytime we can you know, play in front of a, a huge crowd and play a, a really good opponent. And uh, I know our fans get really excited when we play NC State and Carolina especially. So uh, I just want our crowd to, to be loud, to be energetic, because our guys definitely feed off that. Um, you know, even in the first game on Saturday, for us to be able to come from behind, the place wasn't packed, but the crowd was into it, and it helped our guys win that game. Five o'clock, first pitch. I mistakenly said six yesterday because I'm so used to y'all's night games being at six. So five o'clock will be the first pitch. So get out there early. Get off work a little That's early. Right. That's uh, right. Ask for some permission from your bosses. They'll, they'll grant it. Just tell them, <laughs> tell them it's North Carolina, and, and they'll let you go. Uh, and it's Cincinnati this weekend. ECU and Cincinnati, it's got to be the best matchup in the American because we see it like eight times a year. Y'all not, y'all not only play in the regular season, but it seems like always match up in the conference tournament. So uh, there's got to be no other team out there that you know better at this point, right? Yeah, and uh, they're good offensively. You know, I know that we made it look somewhat easy here at home um, those last two games, but they historically always play better at home. Um, it's a turf field, which is different for us. Not that that's going to make us play any different, but it's different. Um, so our guys will need to be ready to go because, uh, as you know, we get everybody's best punch. Hopefully the travel is a little bit better this time to Cincinnati as opposed yeah. to Wichita. Yeah, so. well, let's hope. I hope I don't have to wear the same clothes for two straight days. That yeah. wasn't fun. Yeah, that's uh, it sounded miserable. <laughs> um, so th- thus far, you guys, I think 26-3 and three at home. Five and nine on the road. Obviously, you know, tremendous home field advantage, um, which is you guys have taken advantage of. When you look at the road, you know, where it's at right now, do you you feel like it's a mindset thing or is it just teams are playing really well when y'all come to their building? How would you kind of assess that? Well, as you're saying that, uh, you you look at the teams that we've lost to on the road. I mean, we've lost to Campbell on the road, which they're in the top ten. We've lost to UNC Wilmington, which is a good program. We've lost to NC State, which is a great program. you know, we weren't full strength at Houston. Um, we lost two out of three. Uh, weren't full strength at Wichita State. So I think some of it has to do with just some, you know, different circumstances. I, I don't think that our guys have a different mindset. Look, in, playing in front of our crowd versus going on the road, obviously it's different. But I don't think that it's really <clears throat> a true testament of what 
we are on the road. So, do we need to win more games on the road? Absolutely. So, this will be a good test for us this weekend. Yep, seven road games left, so still plenty of time. So, yep. uh, plenty of games, plenty of opportunities to, yep. to correct that uh, five and nine mark. And, um, you know, obviously, playing at home right now, it just seems like the guys, even when they're down, like the, the, the game where there was a lightning delay, I'm sitting in the press box, and even in the game where y'all were lost eight to nothing, I was kind of like, well, if they can just keep it around five, six, it's almost like you can come back with this crowd behind you. Do y'all have that same feeling in the dugout where it's almost like if we can just hang around, put some pressure on them, we can really, you know, make a comeback here in this building? Well, there was a graphic actually that they put up on ESPN during game one of the uh, Tulane game. I actually watched the, the last three innings on Sunday, and, um, it's either four or five games that we've been down three or more runs and been able to come back and win those games. I don't know how many teams in the country can do that. And, and the reason I say that is just because that's toughness, that's fight, that's grit. And I sent it to our team, and I was like, hey, man, that's a true testament that you guys never give up. Um, so we just need to keep that same mentality. But definitely when we're at home, we feel like we can come back at any point in time. He is East Carolina head baseball coach Cliff Goblin. We are with him on Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Coach, we've got some Twitter questions from the fans Can't for wait. you. So, Can't uh, wait. We're going, to, we're going to hit you from all angles. Go a little <laughs> bit off the board. So we'll continue with Coach Goblin right after this. Here there be pirates. Back to Hoist the Colors with Steve and I go. How good is this on 94.3 The Game? All right, welcome back into Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. We got ECU baseball coach Cliff Godwin sitting alongside. Coach, we've done a lot of interviews over the years, and um, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever opened it up for the Twitter questions. So we're going to have some fun, though. I mean, you're in season. I know you want to keep your focus on on the season that is. but um, I'd really like if you asked me some dumb Twitter questions yeah, so I could be really, really <laughs> – 100% transparent on what I think about him. There you if go. If you can find any, that'd be great. I'll try to uh, – <laughs> I did say, unfortunately, within reason. I uh, got a question within reason for Coach Godwin. So, the people that were going to ask about, you know, bunting or striking out or whatever, they probably shot away because they didn't want to – they didn't want you coming after them. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would just say, hey, look at what we've done at East Carolina over the past five years, and you really shouldn't question what we do. Yeah. That's, That's what I would say to anybody. It's easy to be critical of somebody or something when you don't live in their shoes every day. Oh, 100%. And I have been a lot better at that uh, over the past few years, I can tell you that. But um, I don't take a lot of uh, value in, in what is said on Twitter, to be honest with you. I have my once, a twice a year uh, a jab at somebody. You know, I had one. I saw you uh, go yeah, through ECU Barstool. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, – <laughs> I actually got a lot of texts that they were uh, – some of my friends were like I was belly laughing. Um, right. Even Lee Agnos, uh, Jake and Zach's mom, told me that she was dying laughing and put it in the family group chat. Because that was, uh, I guess, it was the, Noah? It was the bunt? UCF game, and we were trying to bunt. When, and I, the part I didn't put in there, it was also raining. So right. third baseman's back, it's raining, it's in extra innings. We got one of the fastest guys in the country. So, yeah, we tried to bunt. Absolutely. <laughs> Look, I, I I think you've earned the benefit of the doubt, given uh, you guys in Stanford, the only teams that have hosted four straight regionals. You know where you have been for now. This is year nine, right? I can't even keep up with how long. It's you've year been here. nine, yeah. yeah. It so is year nine. All this, even success. though COVID was yeah. you know shortened, but year nine, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's insane, man. Well, uh, all right, let's get to some of this. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. All right, um, this is all right. This is one I get a lot, and I don't know if you can really comment on it 
one way or the other in terms of uh, this is about the seating with the stadium. So Dan wants to know, ask him if there's been any discussions about adding seating, temporary or permanent. And we can kind of tie this in with the uh, the expansion you yeah. guys are doing. But, uh, you know, with the, the grandstands now sold out, basically fans who want to come for one game, they can only get the jungle. Right. So ha- have you had any conversations about that at all? Uh, not a ton, but the facility expansion will help some because I think some of the uh, season ticket um, people that have the stadium seats right now will want some more premium seating. I mean, that's the one thing that we don't really have at our right. baseball stadium is premium seating. Also, you know, them helping out with the alumni area, there are some bleachers down the first baseline, which uh, before last year never happened. Um, the one thing I would like to see is just some kind of seating in right field um for the students because students have been great this year right. man they're harassing the crap out of the outfitters i love it so um but it's all a work in progress so uh you know uh the higher ups have to allow that stuff but uh i would love to have more seats there hey ryan robinson's coming on next week so yeah you'll push you can, him yeah you'll push him Good. um where are you guys at with any idea of where you're at with the expansion on the uh, third base line um, that's another Ryan yeah. Robinson question for you. So uh, we need to raise at least most of the money. You know, we're, I guess, so financially strapped and with the uh, town bank tower, you know, when all that stuff happened and COVID hit and just the debt that we're in, I think the university is making us raise most of it before right. we can actually start production. Um, I would say that we're uh, slightly over half um, amount of money raised. So, um you know, we need around $7 million. So if you have any money and you want to donate to the baseball program, we'd love to have your support. Absolutely. Cause that's a, you know, just seeing other programs around the country, they're investing. ECU wants to stay in the top yeah. level of college baseball. Yeah. You know, you got to continue to invest. It's an arms race that never ends. Uh, John Moody and another person wanted to know about next year's schedule. And we were talking off air. I mean, I know you're so focused on this year. Any leads yeah. on next year's schedule um i would tell them that uh i know that we're playing north carolina in a three-game series the second weekend of the year because coach forbes and i have agreed to that as long as we're the head coaches at both schools um we are having the keith leclerc of course and i know cal state fullerton's coming next year so coach dietrich will be back in the house um, with that other than that um a lot of the same midweek right. opponents and then obviously we're going to have one extra conference weekend with the new teams coming in and coach dietrich's got those the cal state fullerton the top 25 i believe so they're doing they're doing big things out there yeah the he's done Coast, a great man. job especially as quick as he's been able to do it you know yeah. you know last year wasn't very good and um you know, they've done a really good job this year. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Tarboro Bill says if you could coach any MLB player from the past, who would it be? This is a, you could go in a yeah, lot of different directions. I could go here. a lot of different directions. Um, <laughs> I'll say Derek Jeter, you know. Right. Uh, I named my dog Jeter, so uh, I like winners. So yeah. um, I'm a Yankees fan because DJ LeMahieu is a Yankee, and I recruited and coached him at LSU. Um, I like Aaron Judge too, but I- I'm going to go with the Hall of Famer, Derek yeah. Jeter. Well, you can't go wrong there. Uh, I'm not a big Yankees guy, but you can't hate on Derek Jeter. I mean, you can't hate on Derek Jeter. If you do, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is another scheduling question from Ted, and – you guys have kind of gone down this road in the past. He says, any chance we can get some games out west in the near future? Uh, he've had, he said he references Pepperdine, Washington, Cal State, Northridge. 
And so you, you've taken the team out to Washington, yeah, UCLA. We, yeah, we went to Washington in 18 because of uh, a team that canceled on us late. They had gave us a $20,000 guarantee, um, but still it was a $42,000 trip. So you're yeah. still going in the hole $22,000. Um, tell uh, whoever asked that, uh, we'll, we'll go out there um, when we can charter out there. Right. So if we can get the athletic department to charter us there and back. UCLA, we went there in 19. They were number one in the country. We were eighth in the country. And you talk about travel once again. Um, we played one game on Friday, a doubleheader on Saturday, because I'm not taking a red eye back. for It's right. going to crush our kids. So, um, And then as soon as we lost a doubleheader on Saturday, Pete Biscano, my ops guy, goes, hey, our, our flight was canceled back to uh, you know North Carolina. So I think we were on five different flights uh, coming back to – uh, Raleigh, and I know Trey Benton, Gavin Williams, and Brandon Golden for sure. Maybe a manager got redirected to Chicago. It snowed, so their flight got canceled to mm. Raleigh. They didn't even get back into North Carolina until um, Monday, like midday. So um, if we can charter there and back, <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll schedule a West Coast team. Yeah, that, that makes it a little bit easier because, I mean, just it, it sounds good in theory, but until maybe you experience it or have some of those issues, then all of a sudden you're like, man, there's a lot of logistics that go into it. It's not as easy as let's go play you know, Cal State Fullerton yeah, on the West Coast. It's not, and, and that's not our recruiting, you know, area. Not that we haven't had a kid from the West Coast in our program, but, um, you know, you look at it too, like when we go play in Charlotte, there's a huge ECU alumni base right. there, and then there's also recruits that can come to the game. So um, that's a good good advantage. Obviously, they're coming into our, you know, conference right. now, but, you know, just that midweek game we played up in Charlotte, it was awesome. Just a great crowd, and recruits were able to come to the game. Uh, Lindsey wants to know, do you still keep in touch with Sam Naren, who he caught from 2000 to 2002? Yes, uh, I actually I saw his parents uh, this past weekend for Alumni Weekend. Uh, Sam and I, you know, keep in touch as much as possible. Um, Sam's very busy with his job in professional baseball, and he's doing an unbelievable job with the Nationals. Um, but we do keep in touch, and um, he's a unbelievable person. He was like that in college, and he still is the same guy, even though he's got a really good job. I remember going to uh, some of the baseball camps. Obviously, I grew up in Greenville as a kid, and Sam was always one of the coolest guys at some of the baseball camps growing up. So He was he, way nicer than I was in yeah. college. So, yeah, <laughs> Sam's a good dude. That's awesome. <laughs> um, Pirate Bob wants to know, provide an update on Trey Savage's return. We, we touched on that earlier. He could throw Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also says, and I don't know how much you know about this, he was at the ECU gear sale this past weekend, did not see any baseball gear. Not my area. Ask yeah. Ron Robinson and JJ. He wants to know, yeah, does baseball provide surplus gear for sale? We'll ask, we'll ask Ryan about yeah, that next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Um, Samuel, and again, this is another one you can go a lot of different directions. Ask him what his favorite moment has been as head coach at ECU. I mean, I don't know where you even start with this. Yeah, that's uh, – If you can even pick one or if you want to throw out a couple. Yeah, I, w I would say, you know, all the regional championships that we have won here um, – all of them in different ways, but super special. Um, even, you know, the first, I mean, in 18, it was the first time that we were able to host, you know, yeah. here. Um, and then last year hosting the first ever super regional on campus. And even though uh, we didn't win, like just the, the buzz, the electricity of those games, man, was just unbelievable. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. There's no doubt. Uh, Pirate, 
Pirate Drip wants to know who is the straw that stirs the drink on this year's team. I don't even know what that means, but I guess is there a guy who I don't know kind of rallies the troops or keeps everybody together? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of different guys. I think uh, you know Hoover doesn't say a lot, but when he does say something, and even if it doesn't come out the way he wants it to come out, like guys stop and listen because they know what that guy's about. Like they know what's in his heart. Uh, Carter Cunningham um, is a guy that that gets rallies the troops together on the position player side. Obviously, JC's in, in, injury, energy, excuse me, not injury, in, energy. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, gets the guys going. Um, and then on the pitching side, I would say you know Sailor, Spivey, um, Groves, and Charlie Hodges. You know, those are the guys that stir their drink, so to speak. We haven't seen Charlie since the the I guess it was the Campbell midweek opener. Uh, but notice he's still very engaged. And, yeah, you know, seems to be super engaged. Is there a chance we can see him pitch at all later yeah, this year? I yeah, I mean, there's always a chance. Uh, you know, we uh, actually uh, had some, you know, some guys leave the program. Um, some of it, uh, you know, mutual. Um, and uh, we're narrowing it down. You know, our roster's getting slimmer. Um, in which, my opinion, I want guys that want to be here, as you know. Um, and as one of our players told the rest of the team, the portal's open. If you don't want to be here, don't be here. I was sitting in the back room. I was like, it's kind of how I would set it too. So, yeah. um, and I think the group that we have here right now is is totally invested in what we got going on, which I really appreciate. So that's, that's awesome. And now we got to transition to your favorite sandwich from that favorite <laughs> sandwich, man. That's a tough one. Um, I'll probably make somebody mad, but I'm gonna go with a Jersey Mike's number eight club right. sub, no mayo, honey mustard. All right, there you go. The man knows his favorite sandwich. Yeah, so yeah. You can't go wrong with that. Um, all right, Kyle wants to know what does uh, does this mean when pirate hitters round second base after hitting a bomb? Do you know? Um, you, you might have to ask uh, the the hitters, but you know, last year when we got two strikes, uh, Ben Newton kind of brought into like, we would tap our chest. Like that was our sign to tap our chest and, you know, make sure that we're locked in to try to win this next pitch when we got the two strikes. Uh, so, um, the sign itself means I love you. So they might right. be, Hey, I love the, the bullpen guys down there. Um, so I don't know exactly who they're pointing to, but, um, that's what they're doing. All right. And last question on Twitter. And he wants to know, uh, Jay, Jay Pizzle. Some of these names just crack me up. Uh, Jay Pizzle wants to know, how does he keep an entire ball club from letting, quote-unquote, the rat poison into the locker room, especially this late in the season? And you've kind of referenced that. I mean, there, there's a lot of noise out there. Look, you're on the show. This is probably considered noise, but... It is noise. Yeah, but uh, you do a great job of compartmentalizing, doing you know these appearances and then taking what you need to take into the locker room. So how do you, how do you manage that? Yeah, it's it's tough. It's not easy. You know, uh, we're actually going to have a team meeting today, and one of the things we talk about is you know we control our own narrative. Um, I told the pitchers that yesterday. Um, no offense to fans or to Stephen Igo or whoever else, but uh, y'all don't control our narrative. You control the narrative that maybe people want to hear, but our narrative is our narrative, and um, especially this time of the year when the focus is you know making a postseason run, you've got to really dial in and make sure that you're not reading stuff that's not going to benefit you individually or the team coach cliff goblin we appreciate the time i know like i said you're busy 
You got North Carolina to prepare for, <laughs> Cincinnati to prepare for. You still took the time to stop in studio, so we appreciate it, man. Uh, our relationship's been great since you got here and have, have built this thing, and I uh, always appreciate your time. Well, you've always been great to me, so I appreciate it, buddy. He is head coach Cliff Godwin. Check him out. 5 p.m. on Wednesday, they host the North Carolina Tar Heels. On the other side, we'll switch gears. We'll talk some football. We're going to catch up with Ryan Jones, former ECU tight end who just signed a contract with the New York Giants as an undrafted free agent. You're listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. Your, your shot on offense, and you felt like maybe that was the, the best path for you to make it at the professional level. As you kind of look back on your, your journey now in Greenville, you're getting that opportunity. When, when you saw you know that number come across your phone, when you, when you saw that you were signing with the Giants, like did the emotions hit? What was that moment like for you? Yeah, I mean, it was a special moment for me and my family. I mean, the, the emotions were overflow you know what i mean so i mean it's been a long uh a long journey for me and my family so i mean it's a lot of ups and downs and uh i mean it was just a really special moment for for everyone how much conversation did you have with the giants throughout the process and i'm sure you were hoping to you know possibly hear your name called in the draft but kind of walk us through the process of when they really got involved with you and uh you know ended up giving you that call yes i mean really most of our communication happened early this year so like Towards like the end of January, that's kind of when we started to connect. And then uh, pro day, the day before pro day, I had dinner with them. And then um, we before then we had a lot of conversations and things. So, I mean, they always expressed their interest in me and just uh, the plan they had for me. So I mean, it was a uh, it just seemed like a great spot. So I mean, prior to um, and then like going into the seventh round, we we kind of had already talked about just like if it did happen to go on un, uh, undrafted free agent, kind of just like what route we would take. And uh, that's when we started talking about like contract and everything. So I mean, we've had a lot of conversations, and uh, so, I mean, just just really good conversations. So I mean, it's a great spot for me, and just uh, the opportunity is really good. What's your your schedule like in the coming days? When do you report up to New York, and kind of walk us through what what your process will be like in the coming days? Yeah, so I actually I leave Thursday this week, and then um, this weekend we have uh, we have mini camp, and then uh, from then we have uh, Sunday they play us back out for a week. And then after that, we could go back, and I'll probably be uh, in New York until about like the end of June. And then July, we have some time off, then we come back for camp in August. So uh, it's gonna be a fast, uh, fast turnaround. Yeah, yeah, no, no downtime. That's for sure. Do they give you like a, I don't know, playbook or anything to look over in the meantime, or will you get all that when you get there? Yeah. So whenever I get down to Thursday, they give uh, iPads and kind of like. Thursday I have a physical, and then um, from then on we have like meetings and stuff, and then Friday is our first uh, first practice, and then we have practice Friday, Saturday, um, something on Sunday, then we uh, we fly back for a week and then leave again. So. We're visiting with former ECU tight end Ryan Jones, who's now on his way to the New York Giants, and and Ryan, I gotta imagine they look at you as a guy who still has you know your best football in front of you. you you've only played tight end for two years. You did it at a high level at ECU. Of course, you played defense at Oklahoma for several years. So what have they told you about kind of some of the, the things they like about your game, your style, how you'll fit, and, and then areas they want to see you improve? Yeah, so really they just uh, – they spoke highly about my versatility. You know, to I me, mean, just prior to uh, to the draft, me and the tight ends coach, we had multiple Zoom meetings, you know. So, I mean, I've uh, – he just – he we've, we've gotten to learn each other. Like, he's learned how I process information. And I've gotten to, like, understand how he, uh, how he coaches. So, I mean, we've uh, – We've just gotten a better chemistry from that way. So, I mean, they see my versatility. They see uh, that I play defense and offense. So, I mean, special teams is going to be 
you know, big. So I mean, that's going to be a great way to make the 53. So they see me as being a guy to where I can be have an impact on special teams before and then, like, learn behind uh, Waller and the guys that are there and then start making small impacts, you know, just growing the role as a whole. So. I know recently you became a, a new dad as myself. I just had a, a, my second child, a daughter as well. So uh, I know that I'm struggling with sleep at times, Ryan. So how do you uh, how do you balance that, man? Because, I mean, the, you have a huge responsibility as a father, obviously. You're trying to live out your dreams. I know you, you probably have a big support cast. So uh, what's it been like becoming a dad and also, like, trying to balance all this? Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been amazing becoming a dad. It's definitely a blessing. Um it's definitely just driven me and just motivated me and I'll, I'll to, to work a whole different level. You know what I mean? My supporting cast has been huge. I mean, my son's mom, she's been, she's been holding it down the whole time. So she's a, she's been a big help for me throughout this whole process. I mean, it's been, it's been smooth and tough at times, but it's all worth it. We're visiting with Ryan Jones, originally from Charlotte, Mallard Creek high school, started at Oklahoma, then made his way to East Carolina uh, Ryan, when you when you made that transition from defense to offense, take us back to that. Like, what was the most difficult part? Uh, and you came out of high school as a, a big time recruit. So, were there ever? I don't know. Maybe dark days is too too strong of a phrase. But you know, were you ever kind of questioned, Hey, like, is this thing going to work out? Am I going to be able to live out my dreams? Like, what was that process? That transition like? Um, honestly, the whole transition for me was just because coming out of high school, I played receiver and corner. So, I mean, the the biggest difference for me whenever I switched was just learning tight end. Because, I mean, just from, like, footwork and things of that nature, I just had to learn the position. But, I mean, I know me switching over to offense, I still kind of always, like, had it, especially, like, that 2020 season I didn't play. So, I mean, the whole time once the, when I didn't play, I was just really just, like, trying to learn, get back just into the groove of offense, you know. So, I mean, once, uh, once I did all that, I knew that I had, uh, you know, I had some things to sharpen up on, but I was still a, uh, I was still going to be able to perform. You finished your ECU career in just two years, 78 catches for 855 yards, nine touchdowns. This may be a tough question to answer. Was there a single catch, a single moment uh, you remember most from your time as a pirate? Um, I would say my first uh, my first touchdown against App State when we played at the Bank of America Stadium. Just because uh, I mean, growing up in Charlotte, like I used to pass that stadium, you know, all the time so i mean just just having that moment my first touchdown in the um in the city i was born and raised in passing the the hometown team that was that was crazy for me so, i mean that was always a special moment for me lastly for you ryan is there any big specific goal you want to get accomplished or something that you're really focusing on is it more of a mindset thing these next few days before you report like what you know what does it take to be mentally prepared to go into an nfl camp for the first time um, I would say just like just staying confident in your ability, just knowing that football is football. The only thing that's going to change is the speed and just the terminology. But I mean, you've earned your you've earned your position to get here. But just stay remain remain confident in your game and just go out there. Just have no uh, no fear, no doubt in yourself, and just keep excelling and learning. He is former East Carolina tight end Ryan Jones. Ryan, best of luck with the New York Giants, man. We'll be following you closely, but we appreciate the time today on Hoist the Colors. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's Ryan Jones. And on the other side, we're going to wrap up Hoist the Colors by introducing you to a few of our buddies who are going to be heavily involved with the show. We're going to have a very interactive show, so we're going to bring in a couple of guys, our producer, Clark Willis, 
and also Philip Pilkington, who's going to be my part-time co-host as well. So we're going to introduce those guys to our audience. You're listening to Hoist the Colors. We'll be back to talk with those gentlemen. Lane Hoover was one of the big players in the Pirates' series win over Tulane over the past weekend. This is the Pirate Report on 94.3 The Game. Sponsored by the IBX Pirate Partners, Moore's Old Time Barbecue Chicken and Seafood, Fantastic Sam's Cut in Color, and Carib Sea in Emerald Isle. Lane started off Saturday with a huge walk-off hit to win Game 1. Then early in Game 2, he went out of the ballpark and robbed a home run from one of the players of the Green Wave. You know, that ball stayed in there for a while, and, um, you know, I was just trying to make a really good play and a really good defensive play to really get some uh, momentum back on our side and unfortunately that, unfortunately, unfortunately that didn't really happen but um, it, it was pretty cool. The Pirates currently sit one game back in the conference standings and after the game Coach O asked Lane what he thinks the Pirates need to do down the stretch to win the AAC. Yeah I'd say um, not really worry about what's happened in the past and um, just take, take one step forward at a time and um, focus on the next day and um, I believe we'll be good and we're still in good shape and uh, I believe we're going to get the job done. Pirates will be back in action tomorrow at 5 o'clock right here on 94.3 The Game and over at Clark LeClaire Stadium as they look to complete the series sweep of the North Carolina Tar Heels. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Pirate Report. I'm Philip Pilkington. At U.S. Cellular, you can get one line for just $29.99 with unlimited data, which is good news for you, friendly hermit who shuns society and lives in a cabin all by himself. Wow, thanks. You know, you'd be surprised how much data a hermit goes through. Actually, I'm not that surprised at all. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. Spring is here and summer is right on our doorstep. We're all looking forward to outside and enjoying the warm weather and long days. Let the team at Cellular Warehouse help you start enjoying these days by eliminating the two- to three-hour wait in the local store. They come right to your home or office and handle all of your cellular needs. Best of all, their front door service is free of charge. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 and let his team start making life easy again. That's 252-799-7051. Cellular Warehouse, your local U.S. Cellular Authorized Agent. Have you had a colonoscopy? If you're between the ages of 45 and 75, you need to be screened regularly for colorectal cancer. Dr. Philip Goldstein at Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center wants to keep you healthy. Dr. Goldstein provides treatment and quality care for all GI needs. Just call the office at 252-758-8181. Appointments are always available within five business days. Hi, this is Dr. Philip Goldstein reminding you that a colonoscopy can save your life. Visit our website, cddgastro.com, and come see us at Carolina digestive diseases the pirates play here Arr! this is hoist the colors radio with steven Igo. Yes! So on 94.3 the game all right welcome back into the program we've had a big show already cliff goblin and ryan jones if you're watching the live stream you notice a gentleman, we kind of look the same, Philip. Yeah, I don't know. We, we, we got a little similarities, at least on camera. We got the blonde hair and the dark shirt. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. I should ask what color shirt you're wearing. No. The first day I show up and we're matching. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't a good look on my hey, side. Philip, that, that is the voice of Philip Pilkington, who is going to be helping us out on the show. And you, you've been with 94.3 a while now. All right, before I, before I dive into your background, we also got Clark Willis producing 
Clark, we don't have a camera for you yet, but we are going to heavily involve you. Just you're doing the audience a favor. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we, we, we want to see that mug. I didn't know you guys were down with Cypress Hill. <laughs> hey. Just ride a lot more fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm down for that. It's, it's a good good tune. So, uh, But no, nah, man, I, I, first off, but you know, we're getting low on time, but I wanted to introduce you guys because I want to make the show very interactive, not only for the fans, but also for uh, you guys in studio. We're going to include Clark a lot in our conversations. We're going to include Philip a lot. And really, it's a, a case where on days we don't have in-studio guests like Cliff Goblin and Mike Houston, we're going to have a lot of interaction with the audience through Twitter, through comments. So I want you guys to, to help out with that. So uh, we'll start first with Clark because he's got to take us out. Okay. All right, Clark. Yes, sir. You're not... You're not you're not from Greenville, so you're not a huge East Carolina guy. We're going to educate you. Okay. Um, that. I'm already coming up with some some homework assignments for later this year. I have to tell uh, you, I haven't even told you about that <laughs> off the air. <laughs> but uh, but but uh, we'll work on that in time. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What led you to to East Carolina? Uh, I got my start in radio in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, did a lot of internships to get to where I am today. As a matter of fact. Um, uh, see, I started in radio about 10 years ago, a little bit more than 10 years ago. Um, started looking for some more experience and heard about this place. They were looking for a producer. That's all I ever wanted to be was to make somebody look good, shine, and all that. Wax the car, man, and make everybody uh, sound and look good. Well, you're doing a great job. Your, uh, you. your graphics have already gotten love on Hoist the Colors and on social media. And really, uh, it, it makes our production look a lot more professional than it really is. Oh, it, and that's just the small things to come. There'll be bigger things uh, as we go along. So you are a Cleveland Browns fan, is that correct? By, by default, I, <laughs> I was. I, I'm a bandwagoner sometimes, you know, because I do like Tom Brady. I do, but he's out, so I got to find a new team. Well, you just you, should, you just got to stick with the Browns till they're good again, man. Yeah, they, I think they play good ball. See the problem was the last time they were good they couldn't beat your Broncos. I go you had the true. drive, you had the fumble. <laughs> they've been they've been like scared to be good ever since. They don't want to get that close to the <laughs> I Super feel Bowl. Like they beat themselves when they lose. Yeah, that's that's typical Browns football yeah. though. And they used to be uh, quarterback killers too. Yep. I used to think that like if you want to get killed as a quarterback, go to the Browns. <laughs> yeah. They, they were a career killer for everybody for a while. Now they're at least back to respectability a little bit. But uh, Clark, we'll, we'll get to know you more when we have more time because i want to talk about your background with like movies and all that sort of oh, stuff yeah. too um philip you excited man to I be a part of this yeah thank you for having me as your coach it means a lot that you would uh have me on this and Absolutely. i'm looking forward to it you know love east carolina went to school here and yeah. uh looking to continue our coverage here at 94.3 the game and grow our relationship yeah i'm excited you, you've been working you know you're in the press box all the time when i'm there at the ecu events so you've been you've been around for a while it's not like Hey, this guy's just going to come on air. I mean, you've been and you've been co-hosting with Patrick Johnson when he doesn't do his show. You've been yep. producing, you've been uh, doing press conferences, so you've been around the scene a lot. And I think it's it's time for you to get more of an on-air presence, and, and that's something I want to help you do here. So, l- l- your background: where did you grow up? What led you to ECU? So, I uh, grew up in Harrisburg, North Carolina, which is a suburb of Charlotte. Played high school football there, and just uh, 
you know, my dad told me if if you want us to help pay for your college, you better pick an in-state school. So, applied a few different places, and uh, ECU's got a pretty good journalism program. Obviously, I wanted to go into broadcasting. Knew that at you know seven years old, I wasn't going pro, so I continued to play. But uh, you know, I had to learn the learn more of the X's and O's of the game to become a broadcaster. So, I liked their journalism school. I sure as heck was not going to go wear that ugly baby blue and go to that journalism school. So, chose East Carolina, and I got an internship here my senior year, and they offered me a job afterwards. So here I am. And you've been kind of a jack-of-all-trades, even for our show. You were setting up some equipment earlier. You're learning the production in case Clark's ever out. And Clark also helping with the Patrick Johnson show at 5 o'clock. So uh, you're trying to, to learn it all so that way we can, I guess, count on you in case, you know, knock on wood, we don't want anything to happen to Clark in the in, in terms of sickness or anything, but uh, you seem like you're you're well-prepared. Yeah, I'm trying to be. I mean, you, you Clark's works hard. He's got to have some vacation time, too, so we got to have somebody to st- step in because if nobody steps in for him, you and I are just going to be sitting here and there's going to be no graphics. We're never even going to get to commercial break or yeah. just sit here and talk for 60 minutes. Hey, you never know when Clark wants to go be an extra in a movie, so uh, that's true. He may, uh, he may leave us high and dry, so so we'll get into that conversation more as the week goes on and um but now excited to have you guys as part of the team excited to be part of 94.3 the game uh it's, it's gonna be a great show it's gonna be a great time and, and looking forward to including the the you know the fans as much as possible too as we move forward with the you know social media interaction that sort of stuff so uh about time to wrap it up so let's let's get out of here and tomorrow we will have scooter scott rogers on the show as well as cj johnson also coach o coming up later today on the patrick johnson show you've been listening to hoist the colors we'll talk to you later this week This has been Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com, on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back tomorrow with more of Hoist the Colors on 943 The Game.